put your big boy pants on. Oh, dude, if you come in hot again today, I'm going to be so pissed. This is a happy week. It is U.S. Grand Prix week. Don't you fucking dare. But my big boy no, pants Robert, are on. No, Robert, did you put your big boy pants on? They're on. Just answer the question. They're on. Good. So did I. That's all I have to say about that. Jesus, For thank God. Last week, we were a part of the roller coaster of emotions that I went through in a 30-minute podcast. You're welcome. That was entertaining and craziness. That's what happens. That's what F1 does to me. But uh, this week, we're a little bit more stable. Me being uh, the stable one, I was a little crazy last week. You you happy with that statement there, no rubber? I am. I do also last week. Well, you say you're welcome. Also, apologies. We had all kinds of audio issues and shit, so we got them figured out, hopefully. But um, all the slurring wasn't due to the alcohol that Skid Market had and all of the disjointedness. I, I will have us back. There were some audio and technical issues when it came down to the editing side, but I'm glad you're in a good mood. You should be. We are two and a half days away. Well, I am at least from picking up a big fucking RV and going to pull up at, at Circuit of the Americas. I couldn't be more pumped, dude. Welcome to episode nine, the one that we are most excited about, just because we will see F1 live for the first time, both of us. Episode nine of the Tank Slap and Pole Sitters podcast featured by me, Skidmark Steve, and No Rubber. What's going to happen today, we'll do a race preview. We'll have the Toto Minute, and then we'll figure out a way to lose money with No Rubber like we do every week before the race. So every week we have a sponsor, and I, I have to uh, come out. There's been a lot of emails coming out lately, people admitting to doing things. And, well, I just – I got to say last week wasn't a real sponsor. And I just want to be honest and transparent with everybody that um, Get Some Balls is not a real company. I know you're shocked to hear that, everybody. The TRT sponsor, Get Some Balls, was not real. It's just my anger at Team Mercedes. But I like just to, to instead of having a sponsor this week, I want to take that valuable time and apologize for my anger. I will say I stand by what I said, but maybe not in the emotional state that I said it. Does that sound good to you, No Rubber? I got a surprise for you. We did get a sponsor. We're going Tito, to Texas. Hey, fucka. Tito's Texas Handmade Vodka came through. They asked me if you were going to be chill. I said, I don't know. I said, let me see how he kicks this thing off. And they gave me permission to use them as a sponsor as long as you weren't being a dick. Well, shockingly enough, I'm not being a dick. So a throwback to a Texas company made near the Circuit of Americas. I'll let you give the spiel about how great this vodka is since you drink it more than I do. I'm drinking it right now. I, I don't, you know, I don't know if Tito's is a global thing, but it seems to be like the last five years. It's blown up everywhere in the U.S., but it should be global. It's fucking delicious. And I hate Absolutely. Vodka. I mean, it definitely beats that sponsor we had that was just uh, gas station vodka. So we're moving up in the world. Oh, I forgot we already had a vodka sponsor. Maybe they listened and said, fuck that Russian shit. Let's, let's drink this good American vodka. Well, I think the Russians dumped us after all of my hate on Mazaspin last week, which I still say that Ray Charles probably has a better chance of winning in an F1 car than Mazaspin does. You know, that brings me to something. You, you, you'd you sent a tweet out. You said something about us being a Russian team, right? And I, I can't really disagree with you, but I read something where Williams is treating this U.S. Grand Prix as a second home race because the, the people who bought it from the Williams, it's American Investment Group. Plug in them as an American team, even though the, the Williams are synonymous with the British Empire. I know, right? It's kind of like, sorry, Frank. Sorry, Claire. but. uh 
Yeah, we're going to take that one for ours right now. We, we need a little help over here on the U.S. side. Hey, you got Absolutely. George Russell for six more races. There you go. Well, do we have a term of the week? Uh, I do not have a term of the week. I didn't even think of a term of the week, but, you know, maybe we'll stumble across one here as we go through it. Absolutely. So um, any big race news? It was kind of a quiet week on that front, but I think we got a couple of things to talk about. Anything that jumps out to you? I just want to – it's not really news. It's Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes playing games. Lewis Hamilton's quoted as saying when it comes to the car, and, you know, everybody's talked about they've had a a pace increase for the last – two, three weeks, especially down the straights. Well, he came out, he's quoted as saying, we haven't done anything to the car, so I really don't know why that is the case. Oh, that's great. That's a little Toto coaching right there. Right. You've got Red Bull screaming, we want to, we want to review, we want to review. They get shut down by the FIA. Hamilton comes out, we did nothing to the car. I, I don't know why it goes faster. Don't know. World champion level, just bullshit right there. Absolutely. I guess the uh, the other thing is uh, the actual calendar came out. It's going to be a little intense. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago that, hey, maybe 23 races is a little too much. But uh, one of the premier racers had a comment on saying, maybe too many races will make this not special, his name being Sebastian Vettel. What say you, no rubber? You know, I, I'm torn, right? Because like you and I do these and we we sit here and the weeks where we have, we have either just a filler Right. We're at like this week, we're doing a preview. Next week, we'll do a recap. Then we'll do a preview again. It's like I kind of miss when we had three weeks in a row. Like, I wish they'd just sort of give us three, four weeks in a row and then go ahead and take two, three weeks off. Fine. But the too many overall, I, I completely disagree. I, I think, especially this season, man, it, it's been so close and so tight. And if these new cars really bring the whole field together, like, give me as many fucking races as you can do. But I personally, I prefer when you got, you know, double headers or the triple headers, give us a heavy dose and then back away for a couple of weeks. Give us a heavy dose and back away, you know? Yeah, I'm going to sit a little bit differently on this. So um, for the American fans here listening that love baseball and football, American football where they tackle each other and it looks like rugby. Um, what makes that special to me? There's a limited amount of games. It's once a week. You kind of jump in, which F1, yeah, it's once a week. Or baseball, it's just way too much exposure. And I kind of agree with Vettel. Too many races will take away from that stigma, uh, that that kind of that stigma. But what makes it special to me? Uh, 23 seems to be about right, though. It's a little intense for the travel, especially with the pit crews. But I don't want to have, like, let's just add five more so we get a, a race in. South Africa to get a race in China, et cetera. I'm, I'm with you. I, I think they are. They're at that special number. 20 to 23, that's that's fine. I'm with you. I wouldn't want to go much more than that. I, I get the global appeal. I get the, the the monetary appeal, you know, but maybe you, you know, we talk shit about at least five of the, the race courses, right, every year. It's like, let's switch some of these ones up. And I know even, even the management at, at Formula One, it's that some of these old tracks, if they don't, you know, invest the money to modernize the tracks, they're going to move on. Well, it's like, all right, put your money where your mouth is and let's start rotating some of these. Cause I think it'd be great to have a race in South Africa. That'd be awesome, but it doesn't need to be an additional event. There's other events, you know, you don't switch out of Monaco. You don't switch out of Silverstone. You don't, you know, some of these legendary Grand Prix, you can't get rid of, but some of these shitty ones, like every year you go to them and you expect them to be horrible before you even get there. It's like, okay, we can switch some of those out. Not a big deal. I mean, you look what they did with the Netherlands. It's like, we got a, we got a hot new young commodity in Max Verstappen. 
let's do a race in the Netherlands while he's around. Does that make sense when he's gone? I don't know. But you know what I mean? You, you can switch these things up and you can add events and you can do all of that. But I don't think you need to go more than more than honestly, more than 20 would be fine. 23 is fine, too. Right. But 20 would be fine. I agree. Uh, the other thing that came out is we all know my love affair for the CEO of F1 talking about maybe putting a paywall subscription service worldwide. What say you? It depends how they do it. Right. I think just in general, I think the idea is fucking stupid. Right. I honestly, but then if, if it's going to be on something like Netflix, which is rumors I'd heard before, like everybody has Netflix, right? Like that probably isn't too bad of a thing. But then at the same time, yeah, individuals have it. But what bar are you going to go to that's going to throw the race on, have Netflix on their fucking TV, you know? Right. I, I mean, I think we already have a, a test country with this, Germany, which went from averaging 4.35 million viewers per race down to, I believe, below a million based off the subscription service they have to pay to get through it. You're right. If they utilize a Netflix or something of that nature where it's a mainstream uh, streaming service, sure, go ahead. But when you're a sport that's growing so much in the United States, this could be a fucking death knell for all the progress that has been made growing the sport. I agree with you. I'll tell you what I'll compare it to. The UFC just did this, right, recently with ESPN. Now everything's on ESPN+. Plus. I, I've bought it. I really I bought it because of the UFC. But overall, I don't know what their numbers look like. They'd be a good test for US, right? And that's, that's a subscription that not anybody had. Really, it was launching new, so it's hard to tell. But a Netflix, an ESPN+, Plus, you get the added media coverage, especially if it's an ESPN-type deal, right? But end of the day too. Like I, I told you last week, I'm so pumped from here on out. Pretty much. I think it's the five of the next six races. I get to go sit in a bar and watch this shit instead of sit on my couch at seven in the morning. And I would not want that to be taken away. Absolutely. I do want to cover the, back to your calendar. I think it, we talked about this a little before this logistically, it makes zero sense for the calendar to go from Italy in Imola to Miami, then back to Barcelona and Spain. Absolutely no sense. But from a U.S. fan's perspective, 8th of May, we have Miami. And then you still coming back to Austin, 23rd of October. Obviously, to travel isn't cheap, to get hotel space, to go to the race. None of that's cheap, right? So to spread that out, I'm glad they did that. And they didn't put us back to back where it's like, oh, shit, I'm going to have to, you know, it's going to cost me five grand in the month of October to go watch F1. <laughs> that's a valid point because uh, i know we both plan on hitting both those next year so yeah it's still gonna be challenging for these teams we'll see i think next year is going to be a real test to see how teams incorporate travel and survive it really so yeah. we'll see if they make new changes uh, i saw somebody was talking about this too some of it just doesn't make any fucking sense right like like going from italy to miami to spain makes no fucking sense Going from Monaco to Azerbaijan to Canada to the UK makes no sense. Like some of these, and then you got a stretch where they all kind of are together, but it's like, if you're going to cram these fucking races together for these poor guys, at least make it like geographically centered, you know? Um, now I know for us, that would suck as us fans having a bunch of us races in a row. Right. But like, even if they took, if you had, a U.S. race, then Canada, then Mexico, then Brazil, and then back. That's at least a month, month and a half in between, right? So so that would work. But yeah, these poor bastards are flying from one side of the earth to the next every other week. And it's like, 
Why are we going back and forth? Can we not just stay in a geographical pattern that makes sense? And then plus on top of that, you want to talk about how you're watching the world's footprint. Dude, you're flying back and forth that whole F1 paddock all across the world when really all you got to do is go 100, 200 miles at a time. Yeah, you talk about trying to make the world a better place with their, we races one, going to Qatar, Saudi Arabia, we could go down that rabbit hole. And then again, with a footprint, looking like real fuckheads. Additionally, we'll see how this travel is going to affect the pit crews. Maybe they're going to have some subpar exhaustion performances next year too. It'd be something to monitor as well. Maybe not, but just, you know, another factor variable. And I can imagine the first guy on a, on a, pit crew that says sorry i fucked that wheel up because i was tired yeah you gone bro goodbye right <laughs> straight out the window um anything else before we jump into our race preview no man let's do it hell yeah all right so race preview man uh we've been waiting for this one yeah probably one of this would be a top five sporting moment for me Depending on how the race goes, maybe number one. And I've seen some cool shit in my life. I know you have too. Yeah, we've been to a couple of cool shit together. But yeah, I this is going to be up there. And it's one of those where like, I really don't have a clue what to expect. Right? Like, I think we're doing it right. We, we've got the RV. we got two RVs. We'll be hopefully side by side. I'm showing up late Wednesday night to sleep overnight at the entrance to the RV park so that we can hopefully get the best spot. And then it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday where you'll just have this slow trickle of fans coming in. You'll have, you know, I know they have a bunch of different events. I think we've got the F2 guys there too. So you get to watch some of that. You know, my, my brother, he went to this a couple of years ago and said, it's basically races nonstop the whole weekend, always some shit going on. So it, it'll be real cool to get a, a live perspective on this. And then, you know, that's, that's sort of the overall event, but then also as a fan, when you're actually sitting in the grandstands watching this thing, what's that experience like right because you can really like i know where i'm sitting we've got the straight coming down we got turn 12 11 13 right that that little overtaking section but that's really a small part of the the course right so like can you watch the rest of the race how does that all show up yeah we should give a breakdown next week as far as what we experienced well i know we will but we can have a little segment on it i've been to the formula e the electric racing it's not as exciting obviously because you can't hear the cars it's all electric but um definitely Looking forward to that whole experience. Just from a race preview, this seems to be a Mercedes track. History do saith. Oh, yeah. I mean, Hamilton's owned this track, right? Well, I guess we had a race in, what, 2019. And on that one, Mr. Porridge champion, Valtteri Bottas, came ahead. Yeah, so between, between the two of them, you're right. Mercedes has dominated it. I know, I think Lewis has won two. Don't quote me on that, but two of his world championships, he's been so far ahead that this has been where he's clinched them. Um, I know Ricardo's been on the podium here. You always see pictures of him in that stupid fucking cowboy hat. I hate how they make him wear that shit. First of all, it's a shitty cowboy hat. Second of all, it's just it's too fucking just playing into stereotypes a little too much for my liking. But yeah, I think you're right. I think it'll be Mercedes. It, it's almost like if, if you look at last race, Mercedes... Lewis was flying through the field. Valtteri was able to stay ahead of Max. The speed was there for both those cars above and beyond anybody. So without the penalty for for Lewis, I I wouldn't be surprised. You see at best for Mercedes, a one, two off of qualifying, right? To start the race. And at worst, uh, you know, Max squeezes between the two of them. 
Yeah, we've seen the cars kind of gain some top line speed, and I'll give a little uh, preview of the track itself. I think the key, two key oh, takeaways. Is, is this be, is this the new is this the new segment you want to do here? Breaking down the track with Skidmark Steve. This uh, is gonna be fucking good. Let's let's hear it. Yeah, so I've been doing some vast research, just compiling different data and crunching the numbers. And I think two key things are going to make sure you have four tires and a fucking engine in the car. Wow. Okay. That's the level of breakdown I expected from you. You talk to me like this is going to be all all serious. This this is a, this is a track that's, uh, I don't think you're going to see straight face. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Go ahead. Uh, I think this will be more of a Sochi, not exciting level that we saw recently. You got two DRS zones. And there's one long straight with a speed trap at the end. But with the way the Mercedes cars are looking right now, I just think they're going to, just barring any crazy disasters as far as pits and everything, it's really a race for Mercedes to lose. Yeah, no, I'm 100% right. I guess my my interest on this track, I, I'm sort of with you. I, I think it's theirs. I'd be interested to see how the McLaren-Ferrari battle plays out on this track, right? Because We've said going into all of these straight line tracks that McLaren sort of has the same advantage that, that Mercedes does, right? But Ferrari was flying through the field too. And if you if you look at them two right now in the standings for the constructors title, right? You're basically looking at, I think it's an eight point difference between those two teams. So Ferrari's closed the gap, six races left. I mean, that's a, that's a battle right there. Um, seven and a half points. I forgot we had that stupid half point bullshit in spa, but yeah, seven and a half points between the two of them. That's going to tell a lot, I think, for how the end of the year goes for McLaren and Ferrari and who secures that third spot. Oh yeah. And I think you gotta look at, uh, Leclerc coming in with what, is it a new motor that he put on last week? Uh, I, yeah. Was it last week or two weeks ago? But yeah, he had the, he had the new, Yeah, sorry, the, the previous race, he's coming in with the, a new motor. So I'm real excited to see kind of what he does and how they perform. I think that's going to be the mid-card battle, if you want to call it mid-card, mid-tier race. Uh, I don't think you're going to be seeing McLaren on a podium or Ferrari on the podium, to be quite honest, just with the way things are kind of shaking out. And yeah. maybe we see McLaren tighten up their strategy a little bit better. That would be a, something I want to see. Just because it's been so inconsistent over the last few races after what we thought was going to be their coming out party. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, if you look odds wise, right? Because I, I look at those every week to help you guys lose some money out there. But they've got Leclerc as a and Norris, sorry, both both at the same level, and then you drop down a bit. Got signs slightly ahead of Ricardo. So odds makers are thinking the same thing that the, between the two of them right now, it's pretty much a toy cost. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see what plays out there. That could be pretty fun to watch. And uh, luckily, it doesn't look like we're gonna have. Or unlike, if you like rain, it doesn't look like we're going to have any of that affecting us this week weekend. I'm usually all for the rain. You, you know that. Outside of spa and the chaos caused there where we didn't even have a fucking race, the rain usually makes things a little more exciting, right? But with where we're at being there, I'm completely happy having 85 degrees and clear skies the whole weekend. It's going to be uh, it's going to be set up perfectly. It looks like it'll be a great weekend. Yeah, I'm looking at it. There's a 24% chance of rain, so I don't think it's going to be a huge factor. That again, it's fucking Texas, and even the weathermen don't know what the fuck's going on down here. So we could That's have true. we could have tornadoes by the time Sunday rolls around. <laughs> Anything else that kind of jumps out to you on uh, what to expect or for the race preview? 
No, I, I think that's, you know, the key battle is obviously it's always Red Bull. Red Bull and Mercedes, I think we got a pretty good battle lining up there for, for third place with McLaren Ferrari, like we talked about. Outside of that, it's really, honestly, who gives a fuck, right? Absolutely. So uh, just predictions. Who do you think is going to take the podium? I think it's it's Lewis Hamilton all the way. It's based on how his car looked last week. It's no question. It's Lewis. I think the main question is, does Max find a way to sneak between Lewis and Valtteri out of qualifying? You know, I think if it's Mercedes 1-2 off the, off the starting line, I think it probably stays that way. I agree with that sentiment totally. I think it kind of wraps up our race preview. Who do you think comes last? Ooh, you know, um, I got to give him credit. He's, he's Mr. Consistent. Shithead. Mazespin. Yeah, I, I'd agree with you on that one, too. Second to last, probably his teammate, Mick. <laughs> yeah. He'll be second to last, but it'll be second to last, and he'll have a 30-second advantage over Mazespin. Yeah. Well, I guess we will uh, We will jump into our, our Toto Minute here. I'm actually excited. We're actually going to get to have a few beers with Toto this weekend, so that'll be nice. But we'll go ahead, jump over to Toto, and let him take things away. Hey, guys. Uh, 2.30 p.m. on Tuesday. Uh, just got to Austin. Very excited to be here. The guys and I have uh, lots of fond memories of the town of Austin and for the state of Texas. Uh, we tend to win here almost every time. We're excited by the track at Cota. Uh, we we love it. We, we think it plays to our strengths perfectly. The car is right where it needs to be. And uh, thanks to the tough decisions from the last race, we're in the position to grab some real points in the championship standings. We're looking forward to grabbing some celebratory drinks uh, with the tank slapper guys after the strong finish for Mercedes after the weekend. Uh, thanks for talking and looking forward to seeing you guys down uh, here in Texas when you arrive. All right. So that was our, our Toto moment of the week, minute of the week, whatever the hell you want to call it. I guess jump into uh, losing money with no rubber. You lose. So I sort of mentioned, right, odds-wise, it's Hamilton at minus 120. We're staffing at plus 150, which really isn't a bad bet. That's usually those two are neck and neck. So obviously the odds makers are seeing the same thing with Mercedes pulling away here a little bit more. But then you jump down to plus 1,100 and you got bodice there. I would, if I, if I had to take one, I, I would be taking one of those two. If you've got the balls and you want to risk it, bodice it plus 1100. If you want to, you know, maybe just win a little bit less and you want to go with max, like that'd be the way. But if I'm going to pick, I'm going to pick, pick bodice at plus 1100. One of these days we got it. I got six races left to win one of these, man. And I, I can't be, be using plus 150 odds. We'll never make our money back that way. So bodice plus 1100. Probably a pretty good, uh, pretty good bet. Plus, you never know, right? This is this is the first time in a while we could have Max and Lewis side by side again, right? Going into the first corner, and you never know what kind of fucking chaos the two of them are going to cause racing side by side. You know, that's I guess that maybe should have been part of the race preview, but um, that could be something to look forward to if Mercedes doesn't lock up one two on the grid coming out of qualifying. Who knows what the fuck's going to happen with those two if they're side by side. Um, they don't seem to race with the same level of respect that Checo and Hamilton did. So, <laughs> or Hamilton, or basically anybody on the track, those two just are magnets. Or yeah, that's a dumb fucking analogy. Opposites attract. Don't ah, fuck it. Hey, that was cute, bro. That was cute. I like uh, that. Opposites attract. That was cute. Do you read that on a Hallmark card somewhere, Bob? 
I think I did, buddy. I think I did. Sounds like you're about done, huh? Yeah. <laughs> you gonna ask me why NASCAR sucks or what? I don't fucking know. I mean, do I care if NASCAR sucks? I hate NASCAR, so I don't even ask the question. It does suck. We always know it sucks. It fucking sucks. Hey, why does NASCAR suck? I got a curveball for you here. You know why NASCAR sucks? Why? Danica Patrick was introduced as Sky Sports' new F1 anchor. So they can't even keep their own female legends on their own side talking about their own sport. (laughs) Then that's why NASCAR sucks. You good, brother? I'm good. All right, we'll love you and leave you. Peace. Catch up, bitch. I'm in gear three. Zoom, don't see ya. Peace.